Carapaz is losing contact. Henley looks over the shoulder. Kamna is doing what he was brought to the Giro d'Italia to do. Henley still looks composed. Carapaz hasn't completely cracked. Kamna looks across. He'll be yelling encouragement. This is the moment for Henley. So Henley is today's hero of the Giro. In the Malirosa, it is Henley on the brink of Australian cycling history. And cycling history is written for us. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjourno. Welcome to the SBS Cycling Podcast. We are live here from our studios here in SBS. We're not in Italy. We are in Melbourne. Uh, but, you know, we're still happy. And I'm happy to be with you as well on this adventure, Maka. I'm ready to go home already after watching <laughs> that opener. Jai Henley, we're the defending champs. I know. I mean, Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow, <laughs> yes. But uh, let, let's remind ourselves of that victory before we uh, have a look at what's ahead of us in uh, 2023. But uh, it was a spectacular win. It was a commanding win. Yeah, it was. And he, he actually just posted recently, uh, and I'd say recently, as in the last half an hour, yeah. saying, <laughs> bit sad I won't be there. He said, for the first time in four years, no Giro d'Italia for him. What is exciting for us is he will be at the Tour de France. Yep. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. But he wished his team well. There's a pretty strong team, but it was a monumental victory. And Matty Keenan, I thought he was brilliant on the comms that night. You listen to that audio, it still gives you the goosebumps. But and as he said, history was made. He actually did give us the goosebumps because we were listening to it uh, this afternoon, preparing for this mm. show. Mm. And we just went, we've got to put this mm. in. I hope you agree with us. we got to put this in. Oh, whatever, whatever hairs left on the top of my head was standing <laughs> upright. There's not much there, but it was getting excited. Yeah, absolutely. So, 106th uh, edition of the Giro. Uh, it's such a particular race. Uh, it's, it's close to our heart. It's close mm. to your heart, of course, because this uh, was the scene of one of your great victories. Yeah, it, Yes, it was. And, and look, can I just blow my trumpet just for two yeah, seconds? Yeah, go for it. Just, well, the trumpet's <laughs> not here, but uh, I think it's stage two. There's a start in Tedamore. Okay. That's where I tasted the champagne, baby. Ah, yeah. That's where I, so I, will be, I won't be tasting the champagne. I'm doing a dry Giro once again, by the way. <laughs> So you've, you've got to be with me on this, the dry uh, Giro. No problem, but, no problem. Uh, no, it is special to me. And um, yeah, we all love the Giro. There's something special about it. And, and we're looking forward to and it. And as you can see at the, the bottom of your screen, it will be uh, live every stage of the mm. Giro this year again on SBS and live on SBS On Demand. Okay, let's have a quick look of the contenders for this 2023 edition of yeah. the Giro. Can we pass this man? Well, he's look, he's on the lips of a lot of the experts saying he will win, he can't be beaten, et cetera, et cetera. Look at his CV. Obviously, just winning Liège-Bastogne-Liège. He won the UAE Tour earlier in the year. Second in Catalonia. We'll get to mm -hmm. that in a moment. And, of course, he won the World Champs in Wollongong last yep. year, which was a brilliant win. It is the one and only Remco Evenepoel. Is he the man to beat? Oh, I don't think he is. I think there's someone else who can get the better of him. And it's controversial for you. Mm. I mean, we disagree on this one. Uh, mm. Remember, uh, I gave you a little jersey, a red one, sign with uh, the name of Frank. You, know you know what? I've still got no bites on eBay of that either. I've tried kidding? to flog it off. I've gone to Facebook Marketplace. No one wants it, mate. If, you knew, <laughs> if you knew the length I had to go for. Oh, to I get, know. To no, get a second I'm jersey very appreciative. <laughs> you know I am. I love it. Uh, your favourite, I guess, is this man here. Yeah, Primoz he, Roglic. he is. Look, he has had, I can tell you, Primoz Roglic has had just 14 race days. There they are. First in Catalonia, first in Torino Adriatico. And importantly, that bottom stat there, he has won three Vueltas. He has won three Grand Tours. Yeah. 
So he's got pedigree. And there's a stat I can't tell you exactly, but there's some stat about the Grand Tours that he's finished in the last five, six years. He hasn't been off the podium. Yep. It's of ones that he's finished. He we know he fi- hasn't finished a few. He's he, crashed out, He needs to finish the race. But he finished, if he finishes the race, he finishes the race very well. Yeah, yeah. So I think, to me, I'm giving him the nod because of experience. Yeah. And he's got unfinished business at the Giro. Okay. Yeah. I put it down here, though. I disagree totally because although I'm French, I'm going to go with the Belgium on this one. I love Remco so much. He's bringing well, so much to the sport. Well, you border with him. So. I know, I know. And, and, and he's just and a you're from guy. the cheap northern part of France. So <laughs> I'm <you> not. <laughs> Wash your mouth, mate. <laughs> uh, we're not, you're not the only one that has been torn apart. Tina here is telling us that uh, I, she's torn apart between Remco and Primoz as well. Okay. Uh, so that's, uh, that, that's an interesting one. And because do you realistically think before we go into uh, the rest of the, the contenders yeah. that this is where the victory will be in three weeks? <sighs> yes. Or can we have a surprise? Like yeah. we had la- yes, but there's a but. Yeah. Because in modern day professional cycling, there absolutely are curveballs, more than what there were 10, yeah. 15, 20 years right. ago. And we've seen that already. And look at the two previous winners of that Giro. We've got Jai, but we've got Theo Gegenhardt. We'll talk about him as well. Yep. Two young riders that maybe, just maybe at the beginning of the race they won, they were not necessarily expected to be the winner. At the they end. weren't the outright favourites, mm-hmm. 100%. So, no, no, this, this Giro is, I won't say wide open, but, but three weeks. You need, you need a lot of things to go right, not just your form. There's so many other elements. Mm-hmm. Let's go into these other potential contenders yeah, because... These guys also have a chance. I want to start with Jack Haig. Yeah. Uh, Jack Haig, he was brilliant. He always have uh, been at the point here. He's, he's been unlucky at times in the Tour de France. Well, two Tour de France. Exactly. He's, he's had some what can terrible he do? luck. He had, a great, he had few great Vueltas. Yeah, third in the Vuelta a couple of years ago. Correct, yeah. But what can he do in a race like the Giro? He can certainly finish on the podium. 100%. Okay. Jack, I believe, can finish on the podium. His form has come up. Look at that. This is... Well, not all this year, but 11th in Andalusia this year. 10th mm-hmm. in Paris-Nice. That was a great result for him. Third in Tour of the Helps. That is the key marker because that was just a couple of weeks ago. Traditionally and historically, it's been a, a key build-up to the Giro d'Italia yep. for, the, so for the GC guys. So his form has been building. It was a long road back for Jack Haig post-Tour de France. That was a nasty injury, and it took yeah. him a long time to get back. He pretty much didn't race for the rest of the season yeah. because of his injuries. But he's back, he's in a good place, and I think he will have the full support of the team. He's got Damiano Caruso, the yep. Italian, who's been fantastic at the Giro before, but I think Caruso will end up supporting him. And actually, uh, we've got David that says uh, Jack can't make two top three. He can. So he can. Good. That's what, that's yep. what, uh, always that's what... did like you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave is always good. Uh, good question. <laughs> he's got a good name as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love uh, the name. Lo- <laughs> love your opinions. <laughs> uh, just going back to Jai, there's a, there's a question here from, uh, from Maureen. Why isn't Jai Hindley defending? Well, clearly he's got a target, and the target is more yellow than pink for this year, yeah? Yeah, and, and it's a good question because you say, well, yeah, why not go back and defend? Let's remind ourselves he did finish second in the Giro d'Italia Two years prior, yeah. he's now won that. So that box is ticked. And uh, it's his sponsors and management saying, okay, on to the next goal. And the next goal is the biggest goal in world cycling, which is the tour. So for Jai, and that goal, look, when I spoke to him at Tour Down Under in January, it hadn't been announced fully at that stage, mm. but it was yeah, it was it on was. the cards. It was So this has been, it's probably been a nine-month 
building yeah. for Jai how, how and do you think, How do you think, and sorry, we diverted back to Jai, but how do you think he is in his head? Does he truly and utterly believe he now can win anything and anything being the Tour de France or not? Uh, every, every, every rider who has huge success, mm-hmm. you know, like Jai Henley, like, like the rest of them, whether it be a monument or a grand tour, of course you have to have that belief. But there's, there's one, if not two guys yeah. that are incredible in grand tours at the moment. And it's the defending champ of the tour, Jonas Vingago, and of course, Pogacar. With Pogacar, big question mark on Pogacar on his health. Yeah, well, it's a big question mark on that wrist and that broken scaffold at yeah. the moment, whether, whether or not he'll be good and raring to go. But for that reason, Jai Hindley absolutely should believe that mm-hmm. he can go on and win the biggest race of them all because, as I say, you need everything to go right in the three weeks. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, Alex is asking us a question because we're diverting back to, to Roglic as well. Uh, where will Roglic win the Giro or not? Will he win it? But what about the, the time trial? Are they favouring someone? And we go through the stages. Yeah. But are they favouring, quick question here, are they favouring someone like Roglic or not? Well, you can argue that they're favouring Roglic and Evenepoel, both brilliant yeah. time trialers against the clock. There's, we will get the stages in a minute. There is 75 kilometers of time trialing in, in, in this era of cycling. That is a huge amount of time trialing, yeah. individual time trialing, by the way. There's yeah. no team's time trial. So it's a lot of time trialing case. So, yes, it does favor. And I, again, this is why I give the nod to Roglic, the final TT, deep into the third week. He has got the experience and he's got that endurance deep into the third week. I think he'll get the nod yeah. because of that final TT. Okay. But, and we'll go to that a little bit further on. Please, like track. I said here, uh, send us your comments, your question. I'm trying to go through as we speak as well. This is why you see me uh, flicking. This show's <laughs> already blown out to an hour and a half, you realise. I know. We have our operators here, they're, not that, they're shaking their heads saying, guys, move it along, get on to the next segment. Uh, we're 10 minutes in. We haven't even touched what's on the... On the <laughs> we're going to get to the, the next GC uh, okay. favourites. Jay Vine. Question about Jay Vine. He's here. Look at the credential. Yep. First, he turned on under... Uh, national champion in time trial. Look at what he's done at the Vuelta. We know exactly. He was wearing the Polkadot jersey as well uh, at the time. Uh, one can, what can Jevine realistically hope in, in, in a Giro this year? You asked me this yeah. half an hour ago. I know. Yeah, off mic. He can finish on the podium. He, need, okay. he needs everything to go right and well, but so does everyone else. Yep. Uh, I think he comes in fresh because of that that na- sort of niggly knee injury. But everything is good according to his social media. According to, you know, he's been he's just had a good comeback from a really, really good training camp. Mm-hmm. He said he's happy, he's ready to go. He's a real data man. Yep. You know, let's just remind everyone he, <laughs> he, he he got his pro contract through through the Zwift Academy. Yeah. So he needs all that to sort of be right upstairs in the head. Uh-huh. So I feel like he's in a good place uh, mentally. Physically, therefore, I think he will be in a good place. Um, the question mark is around the team. Yeah. And if we look at his other teammate, which is Ma- magically appearing on screen. Yeah, <laughs> Almeida, who in his own right can be a team leader at the Giro. I think he's finished fourth and sixth. He, it was his breakthrough season a few years ago. He wore the Magliarosa for a bunch of days. They will be a plan A and plan B, or they'll both be a plan A. Yeah. And they should be. They should both be supported, I think, deep into the Giro until one falters. So I think it's a good thing yep. for both uh, Jay Vine and for Joe Almeida to have each other on the squad. Okay. But at some point, you, you've got to sacrifice for your teammate. And we won't, I don't think we'll know that until 
deep into the second. So, so just to just to like a question that I've had for for a few weeks actually. When you're in a team like UAE and your top 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 leader is the best cyclist in the world we've seen for a long time, now Pogacar. Yeah, you are necessarily being seen as a second or third leader. So, what is the pressure on Almeida or on on uh, Jevine's shoulders? to perform and show that they actually exist in a team that on paper there's somebody way better than you anywhere. I'm being controversial here, but how do you live up to this? Well, it's, all, well, it's sort of a bit like this question in sport, you know, oh, do you feel the pressure? And most athletes, and it's true, I think, they say, well, the most pressure I get is the pressure I put on myself. Yep. So, look, if Joe Almeida or, or Jay Vine... I don't, and I don't believe they are, but if they were on their final year of their contract yeah. and they hadn't had a great start to the season, things weren't going great, yeah, you'd be feeling the pressure internally because you'd be saying, jeepers, I want to sign that 500000 or yeah. that $1 million <laughs> contract again and I've got to prove something. Otherwise, you know, we might have to move out of Monaco. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Jervain wants being silly, but, but no, that, that, that is probably the pressure. Okay. And yes, at the end of the day, they're athletes, so they want to win. They want to have their own, their own, um, you know, success. Uh-huh. So I think that's that. That's where the pressure comes from okay. deep within. They when they signed to that team, Pogacar was already established. He was already the yeah. Tour de France champion. They knew what they were signing. I think actually Pogacar already had his seven-year contract or whatever signed already. Yes, yeah, so, so they, they knew. They knew what they were okay. signing into, but they knew they'd get their opportunity, which is at the Giro. So. Yeah, I think the pressure just is on oneself rather okay. than you know feeling it from external so, sources. So, and not taking on Jevine uh, so much, but question about Jevine. I'm intrigued about Jevine. Uh, he's, he's just joined this team this season. He, yes. had, a, he had a good run with Alpecin uh, Phoenix at the time he was. Yep. Uh, but there was a bit of a surprise for, I mean, I was surprised he switched him like this. Uh, I guess that was a surprise for you. Yeah. What does he need to have this year on the result sheet to make sure that this was the right move in his head and in his boss's head? Well, already, already, and I know it's it's not in Europe, but it is World Tour, winning Tour Down Under yeah. for him and having that support from the team and then showing the team that he could win under pressure, uh-huh. as in out on the road, you know, being attacked at, being et cetera, et cetera. He kept a cool head. He trusted his teammates. They had faith in him. So already he's got a little score on the board. Yes, this one now... Gee, if he delivers, if he delivers a podium here, I think even if he delivers a top five, that's yeah. a massive result okay. for Javon. Remember, he has he hasn't ridden GC at a Grand Tour. He's won stages, but he hasn't ridden GC before. So if he can if he can ride top five, it's a massive result. If he finishes top ten, it's actually a great result yeah, okay. too. What, what about the specific jersey, like the King of the Mountain, or or anything else? What about that jersey, like a young rider? Um, well, remember jersey? he was leading it, and yeah, on all accounts, he was going to win it in the Vuelta last yeah. year. Crashed out. So yes, that that yeah, that could be a. I don't think it's a big goal for him here. I don't think it, okay. it might turn into one. Maybe if Joel Almeida is is riding, you know, brilliantly, and Jay Vine something happens in a crosswind or he loses time because of a mechanical yeah. or something, he may target it. But I think first and foremost here, he'll he'll be setting his sights on yeah. the general classement, and I think the team will protect yeah. him, you okay. know, until until something happens either way. Yeah. Now, there's another team that we I, I want to talk about is a team with this guy, Garen Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Ineos, on paper, Micah, this team is 
I'm going to say unbelievable because it's a, it's a superlative, but it's not unbelievable. It's a great team. Yeah. Look at who's there. Super strong team. Former winner, Tay Gaganart. Remember, he got the better of Jai Hindley a couple of years ago. Uh, Timon Aronsman, Lawrence Deplus, Philippe Garner. Yeah. There hasn't been much talk about Garner, but yes, he is at the Giro. So he, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Puccio, Salvatore Puccio, the other Italian. He's 33 years of age. He's such a brilliant workhorse. He's been there for years. Ben Swift, Sivakov, and of course, Thomas, who you mentioned. It is a strong team. It's a strong team. Yeah. And Thomas <laughs> has won the Tour de France. Yeah. So you've got two Grand Tour winners yeah. uh, on that squad with some, you know, A-class domestiques. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also something here that we saw uh, today, it's uh, it's time for uh, Guillaume Thomas to have a, a haircut. Does, he, that, does, he, that, does that make you jealous when you see this? Uh, or not? No, cut it off, mate. He needs one. Look at that, rough head. That, yeah. like, let us That's know. his wife, by the way, doing the, the haircut, I believe. So, so uh, why? Is she a hairdresser or is he going on a cheap? I don't know. I think, I think he's going on the cheap. Garen, if you're watching, what's going on, what's going on? Is it... Yeah. Tradition? Are you going on the cheap? No, like, time for a haircut. A, are, they, are they real scissors as well? I don't know. They're yeah, scissors. Mocked up. But just back on this, the Smokey to win this race, I think, is a man who's won it previously, and it is Taylor Gagan. It's him. Look at yeah. look at the, the credentials. He's going really, and it's nice. He went through the ringers a little bit in the last couple of years. Yeah, but it's great to see Taylor back here. And look, this is his season to date. Yeah. And I talked about two of Alps before. He won that plus two stages. Third at Torino behind Roglic, third at Valenciana, and sixth at Andalusia. They were very early on. To me, they're not form form sort of um, it's not a uh, current form sort of predicament, yeah. but it shows that his season has been really solid. I think he's in the best form since he won the Giro a couple of years ago. So to me, he's a dark horse to win this race. Okay, David says here Ineos is a great team, but they lost him or they lost their way on big stages. Do you think stati- stat- uh, uh, tactically, a bit like Movistar, sometimes they make the wrong choices? <sighs> you, you're right, that, that comment. You're right, they did lose their way, but they lost their way from winning. <laughs> so we're being, we're being hypercritical, aren't we? I'm with you. They absolutely lost their way. But we're, we're splitting hairs because they were the best in the world in the Grand Tours. Yeah. Um, and they, they haven't been that far off the mark. I think, I think they can... There's every chance. I'm not saying they will, but there's every chance they could win this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you there's uh, because we're going to move into the 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 uh, the stages in a minute. But uh, there's one smoky into this one for me mm. is Kamna. I think Kamna. Mm. Leonard Kamna has had. I haven't had, got a slide here on this, but Leonard Kamna has got a, a good start of the year. Yeah. But he's solid. And if if anyone from Bora, like if they, if Bora can make. Jai Inley, the winner of the, yeah, of the they're, Giro. They're the defending champs, yeah. They, they are defending champs. What can they do with someone like Leonard Kamnam? I really like Kamnam, actually. No, I'm with you. Look, it's a good discussion. I had We had this sort of chat um, I did with Gracie and, and Kino a couple of days ago, uh, mm-hmm. and I mentioned Vlasov, yep. I think, um, because he really He's, will be their protected rider. Yep. And Matty said, well, if he doesn't finish top five, it's it's it'll be considered a bit of a failure. Um and Kamna could be the man to pick up the pieces yes. if Vlasov is not up to it. I'm with you. Has I, he got a grant to win him? I don't know. Yes. I don't yeah. know. Look, it's, it's, it's one thing to dart off the front and win a couple of stages, and that's yeah. exceptional in itself. I'm not <laughs> saying, you know, anyone can do that at willy-nilly, but it's another thing to back up day in, day out on the flat stages, on the crosswinds, on the middle mountain days, to not lose time and to carry that weight and carry that pressure. Um, so for Kamna, that's 
what he needs to piece together if he is to be a Grand Tour rider. Yeah. Okay. He's won Grand Tour stage. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's an exciting rider to watch, like isn't he? Yeah. Like I'll talk to you in three weeks once he's wearing the pink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if he, hey, you've heard it here first. If he dons the pink uh, in three well, weeks' what are you, time, what are you going to do if, he, if he's on the pink? Oh, no, if, if he's the money I'll be looking for the delete button yeah. on this episode because, <laughs> uh, no, that, that'd be a big so one. So just that you see on the bottom of our screen, remember, you can follow and watch the uh, Giro every day, every uh, every day on SBS on uh, demand and, of course, on Viceland on television. Uh, quick question here, uh, if I can make it here. Uh, what can we expect of... Michael Matthews in his in his Gerald. Yeah, plenty. I hope. Yeah. Uh, plenty. No, I think Michael's he, he's for his season so far hasn't been amazing, but it certainly hasn't been bad. I think it's been good. It's been solid, but he's still searching for a couple of big results. Yep. I think that's more or less how he's alluded uh, about himself so far in a pre pre Giro interview. Um, but no, I think he's had great success at the Giro before, as we know. And no. So I'm expecting him to win a stage. Okay. Yeah, I'm expecting him to deliver a would stage. Would he be happy with one stage? I think he would. Yeah, yeah I think he would. And I think he should be if he only gets one. <laughs> I think because I don't know for sure. I'm presuming he will go to the Tour de France. That was my next question. Because uh, he's such a key rider for yeah. Jake Alula. He's versatile. He can win on those sort of middle mountain days. Green jersey before. He can win the green jersey again. Mm. I think he totally can win the green jersey. He's capable of winning the Chiclamino here. Mm. I think he is. But whether or not he'll go the full distance, I don't know. So that's, yeah, to me, there's question marks around, is he a definite for the yeah. TDF? I don't know yet. And um, that's probably because I haven't fully done my homework on yeah. the rest of his <laughs> season. And you don't know. Look, you don't know what, um, if he's leading the Chiclamino and, he, and he's 12 days in. Yeah. What do you do? I don't know. As a team, you'd almost say... You should stay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and one last rider, and then we move on to uh, to uh, another team. Actually, very quickly. But uh, uh, Cavendish. Yeah. What can we expect from someone like Cavendish? You never know. Exactly. You know, drama. <laughs> drama. Drama. <laughs> uh, glory. Um, Cav, you don't know. And this is why we we love him, or we love to dislike him. Uh, you know, some 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 fans do. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced he'll win here, but but I've said that before, and so have many others, he's and so we've had egg on our faces. Yeah. So he's so hard to read. He is. He's hard, hard to, to read. I think if he doesn't win here, and if yeah. he doesn't come close to winning, if he, if he gets a couple of close seconds or thirds, okay, the mm -hmm. form's on track. The form is on track. But if he doesn't get anywhere near the po a podium of, of of a day for the sprinters. Yeah. Therefore, I do not think he'll win a stage of the Tour de France because let's face it, he 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 is trying to sort of dispel that and rebound it. Mm -hmm. He wants that one stage of the Tour to get the outright record of stage exactly. wins at the Tour yeah. de France. Absolutely, he totally wants it. He says otherwise, but none of us I are buying it. Doesn't want it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so, that, yeah, that's where I'm at with Kev. Okay, we'll see. Now I want to talk about. Uh, this, if it's coming on screen, yes, it's coming now on screen. Uh, not necessarily because I want to talk about uh, any particular rider on uh, on this team, not Oran. I mean, they've got a good team, EF, but how cool is that jersey? Yeah, is that the ultimate jersey? Let us know in the comments below. What do you think of this jersey and, and how sweet it is? You know? Yeah, well, well if you again, believe... you and I, I think we agreed <laughs> off air that they've got the, the best jersey. marketers. They've got the best PR team. Yeah. They did it a couple of years ago with that 
a Giro only yeah. design with the was it the duck on the helmet? Or yeah, there's. I can't remember the, the designer. I'm probably too it old for cool. it, but it was cool. It was <laughs> cool. It was. A, I thought it was the best. And and the fact that they kept it so tightly under wraps. Yeah. Until the team presentation, this one they've announced just prior to the presentation. Um, but there's a backstory to this one. Yeah. So basically, it's all the offcuts uh, from uh, from previous. Uh, teams or previous uh, garments made by the uh, uh, equipment maker Rafa. Is it? Actually, if you, you believe... go, didn't you go into the Rafa? Yeah, I didn't see any offcuts, but that's... <laughs> you sure? My, I got a, I one of my best friends who works there. Well, he's just actually he's actually just left, but he, he was. I, I saw him stitching. Yeah, I, I caught up with him today, and I think that he might have been doing that, just stitching some yeah. pieces together. Look, if I believe the hype, I love it. Uh, <laughs> and, and let's say, you know what? Let's let's dream big. We love this jersey. Anyway, Let's dream about it, it is a cool story. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it is. I like the jersey. It's yeah. a cool jersey. Yeah. Absolutely. It'll stand out. Uh, 100%. Uh, let's talk about the stages. There's a yes. few stages that you selected for us as stages that to, to basically look for. We, I mean, we have to start by stage one. What do you make of this stage here? Well, almost 19 kilometers, individual TT to kick things off. That is a, that is a long opener. That is a long opening stage because it's a time trial. We're used to prologues, you know, four kilometres, six kilometres, nine, ten, almost 19. Yeah. Already we will see some gaps. So, so it, already it's going to be super intriguing. Roglic, Evenepoel, of course. I think they'll be really, really tight. But then guys like Tag Agenhart, he's got to limit his losses already in this opening TT. Okay. And as I said, 75 kilometres, three time trials and 75 kilometres in total. So Remco said there's a comment yesterday that he will take the pink jersey as soon as he can. Does that start tomorrow? When yeah, you look at, when there's you look one at the man that possibly stands in the way of both of them, Philippe Garner. Garner, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Is Garner at that TT form? He's a time trial specialist, we yeah. know that. But he was absolutely dominant a couple of years ago. Has he got that form to beat Remco and Roglic? Uh, I'm not convinced. What about our very own uh, Australian champion? Oh, I'm excited about what he'll do in this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he'll do. I think he'll go better than his teammate Almeida. Yeah. Um, not by much. Almeida has sort of slowly improved his time trialing yeah. over the last few years. And he's he's still quite young, Almeida. So he's he's getting stronger and more mature as well. Um, but I am excited to see what our Australian champ in the TT can do. Yeah, yeah okay. uh, that'll be really exciting. There's a comment here from Sharon that said, is it true that stage one is partially on a bike path? Yes, it is. It is. Welcome to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's on this beautiful bike path. I've seen some vision of it. And then that last bit of the profile that you said, they go uphill, they, they head off in, in, uh, into the town, I think, and then, and then finish up like 5%, I think it is, for a couple of okay. k's or just under two kilometres. They'll be, they'll be hitting that hill super fast. Yeah, okay. I don't think that'll play a huge role in the time gaps. The gaps will be made probably on that big flat section. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Classic yeah. Giro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just run them down a bike path. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, let's go to the next stage that you selected for us, Maka. It's stage nine. Uh, why is that? What, what, what can we expect from this stage? Well, again, look, it's, it's, it's just a 33-kilometre individual TT. So it's the main TT, if you like, yeah. you know, middle of the race or thereabouts. So, again, it's just where the gaps can be opened up from the specialists. And this is where, and, and I think at this stage for the GC guys, they're not going to be tired after nine days. Yeah, okay. So guys like Avenapol, if he has got any chinks in his armour, they won't be shown Yet. on this day. Okay. So he could still open up time 
he could be opening up more time. Say he's already got time. He opens up more on stage nine. A lot of experts will be saying, Venipol's going to run away with the win. Yeah. But it can all change. It can all change. Yeah. yeah, but it's a key stage. One stage as well that you selected for us is uh, stage 13. Of course, look at this dance. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. Typical Giro, yeah? Yeah, it is. And this is where we start to go into the big stages. Look, there's a, there's a handful of days that go over 5,000 metres. This one, and there's a handful of days, and Matty Keenan was onto this the other day, that are well over 200 kilometres. Yeah. So there's some really long stages this year. This, of course, is one of them, 208. You see the, the jagged teeth there. It's not the biggest day, but it is one of the biggest. Yeah. Um, but there are some big, big stages in the mountains and in the Dolomites. It's interesting, actually, before we go through all those stages, but uh, long stages seems to probably make a bit of a comeback. One of the little uh, stuff I've discovered when uh, Christian Prudhomme was here as well, uh, he visited us at this actual office a few weeks ago. He said 2024, there will be a lot of longer stages. They have to because of all the transitions, ah. but they are trying to go back to some of the longer stages. So wow. are they making a comeback where we are, we're all crying out for shorter and punchier stages? It's interesting. And this will be a subject we'll touch on when we show the Vuelta Feminina yep. towards the back end of this. But because I think there's a, there's a, there's a discussion point around that. I'm happy with a few. Yep. I don't think we need I, – I, I thought we, the balance has been right the last five years. Okay. I think the balance has been right. There's been less longer stages. The shorter stages we've seen have been the most dynamic. Yep. And the ratings have been really good. You know, let's face it, it's, it is about – it's a business as well. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe more airtime, more TV time, ASO sell, sell more time. Yeah, They're yeah, selling yeah. more time, I suppose. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's – well, well, we, well, we know the course of the Tour de France. Yeah. We haven't got it directly in front of us at this moment, but it will be – I'm going to go home and have a look at it. <laughs> See how many <laughs> no, days no, you're not, he, he talked about the 2024. Oh, 2024, sorry. That, that, okay. is a, that is a bit of an indiscretion I'm giving you. It's ah, a bit of a scoop. And, of course, remember the finish is not in Paris no. for the very first Start time. in Florencia, okay. actually. Sorry, Italy. But anyway, yes. we're not here for that. Uh, there is another stage that you picked up for us, stage 19 here. Yeah, the- this is a uh, big one. This is another big one, 160K. Yes, and it goes to the Trecime de Lavaredo in the Dolomites. This is one of the most beautiful yeah. parts of Italy. High in the Dolomites, right up towards the border of Slovenia as well. It is a magic part of the world, but this stage is brutal. I was on top of that mountain, uh, I think it was 2018, my year could be just out. No, no, sorry, not 2018. I'm going, I've got to go back further. I think it was 2013. Yeah, okay. Nibbly won the Giro. He won that stage. It was snowing at the, the snow, top. The snowing one, yeah. Yeah, okay. it was unbelievable. Yeah. It, it is, an, in, that whole stage is, this stage is, is different to the 2013 version, but that finishing climb is exactly yeah. the same. Okay. It's brutal. It is brutal. And it'll possibly, quite possibly decide the race mm-hmm. but there is one other stage after that that well, will decide it yeah what about this one and guess what St- this is stage 20 <laughs> stage 20 it's, and the it's day an individual before, time trial it's the is the day before the procession some of the previews we look at online there's some there are some great people out there and i won't mention any names because there's a few of them but they they do do some great work uh, and previews yeah. on 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 all of the races around the world and anyway i read one and the guy said in his preview, this is possibly the hardest time trial I've ever seen. Okay. And I'm with him. It's right up there. It is right up there. Uh, that profile is brutal. Yeah. Look at that. Individual TT, stage 20, the day before the final. Yeah. That will decide the race. And this is where, after three weeks of racing, the wheels could fall 
off here. So, you could be in the Malheureuse by a handful of seconds and completely capitulate. Do you mean Roglic style at the Tour de France against uh, Pogacar? Or Venapal? Exactly. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, yeah, you're spot on. That's exactly it. That's my job, mate. Yeah, that is it. That is it's, it. It's a bit of a beast for Petita. Yeah, no? yeah, yeah, well. yeah. And, and look, maybe they, they took some inspo yeah. from that tour. Um, no, Possibility. Well. It's going to be good. Uh, we had a comment here that says, uh, someone, I'm just going to try to bring it because this is what we do. Alex here saying, uh, Maka, thoughts on Caden Groves. It's like people are reading our, our minds. Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> it was the next subject. Well, uh, should, should we listen to him? Yeah, let's listen let's to, listen to uh, Caden Groves. I mean, of course, there's always pressure, um, mostly from myself, the expectations I have. and uh, But I'm happy to be here with already three victories this year and a strong team around me that can support in these finishes. Uh, I think it's just from the good preparation I've had this season. Um, after the first training camp in Denia, and then also having done another camp there uh, just last week, preparing for this race. And I expect my level to be as good, if not better than uh, Catalonia. And yeah, like I said, uh, there's a lot of stages here that suit us. Um, some more pure sprint and some where maybe I can uh, survive some harder stages. I think as for other Australians, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, high-end Australian cyclists now, I think, as well. Um, for, for quite a small country, we have a lot of pros. And I think that that helps us, especially uh, in Europe. I mean, it's sort of a second family for us. Um, yeah, being friends with all the other Australian guys, and it helps us get through the, the long seasons. Caden Grove, as he's known in the street, Caden uh, Grove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I may have made a little typo here. Yeah, I'm sorry about yeah, this. <laughs> listen, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. I think Caden, he'll accept that too. You, you were thinking street names. Is, yeah. is it because he's French? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. How would you say it in French? Grove. 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 Caden <laughs> Grove. I love it. Maybe we'll stick with it. No, we won't. We let, won't. Let's talk about His him. His parents are on the phone. Hang on a minute. <laughs> um, uh, uh, let's talk about him. Uh, what can we expect from him? He's having a, a, a great start again of 2023. We can expect a stage win. Yeah. Okay. I totally. Look, I'd almost. <laughs> this is a big call because Michael Matthews is a superstar. Yeah. I'll almost expect a stage win from Caden Graves before Michael Matthews. Okay. Yeah, I think as sprinters, you need, again, you need everything to go your way. Firstly, you need to not crash. It's the most yeah. probably dangerous job of a pro cyclist yeah. being a sprinter. I think he'll deliver. He's okay. delivered at the Vuelta. We saw that last year. I think he's up for it. Yeah, okay. I hope so. I think he's, it's a great story. I first sort of saw him actually, I think it was at, of Lake Taihu in, okay. in, in China about, gee, we're going pre-COVID five years ago, six years ago, and he was riding for the St. George uh, local yes. Sydney team. Yep. And he was good. He had some good results there. And I remember the guy that was looking after the um, the team said, this kid's good. Yep. He's going to do some big things. And he, he wasn't wrong. Look where he is. So now I think Caden can deliver. Do you know he started in motocross? Motocross? Yeah, his wow. first sport was motocross. So I wonder if that handling in the motocross that you can have can help him. Well, Simon Gerrans will be able well, to, yeah. because that's, he comes from that background. So in terms of navigating a sprint or mm. so on, is that, could that help in terms of the, the handling uh, itself? It, it, it would fast track your ability to, yeah. to learn, absolutely, I think, uh, in pelotons, et cetera. Um, but no, no, he, he is up. To answer your question, he is up and yeah. he's up for a win. There's a, a question here from David. Is the work experience guy or kid? Uh, we'll uh, get back in getting some interviews. 
the word is the work experience kit will help us with some interviews. He, he sent me, a, he, and we're talking about the very one and only John Trevorrow. Correct. He sent me a, a message actually last night. He loves rubbing it in too because after the message, he sent a picture of where he's Tell staying. me where he is. Tell yeah. me where he is. <laughs> well, he's near the start, obviously, but he's in this beautiful old chateau, like magic. Looks yeah. absolutely <laughs> stunning. And we're in, hey. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're in beautiful Melbourne. We're with our beautiful friends here at SPS. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, we're happy to be here. And I'm very really happy to, to uh, show you the studios around as yeah, well. This yeah. is how SBX looks like <laughs> as well. Uh, and as an information here, we will have uh, overall five podcasts, uh, five live shows like this every Friday, 7 p.m. Uh, meet us around the... Uh, Put the, it in your calendar. Absolutely. Every yeah. Friday. And then we have a special show on the last Sunday of this Giro d'Italia 2023. Uh, uh, I think that's it for the Giro itself. Let's talk yes. about the Vuelta Femenina. Yes. Which Let's is also, get on to it. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. On SBS as well. Uh, some uh, some great cycling as well here. And what... Is, I mean, is it a surprise? Marion Vos is totally leading this race. Uh, I mean, she, she's she's just dominating the Vuelta Feminina. We're not surprised, no. but it's just when you think, oh, Voss is, you know, she is at the back end of her career. Yeah. We, no one can argue about that. But she's winning. <laughs> she's winning brilliantly. She's won the last two stages. There's only been four. The first one was a team's time trial. Actually, they won that as well. Yeah, yeah. So she's effectively <laughs> won three stages. She's brilliant. Yeah. Is she the best of the best? Male or female, she's pretty close to it. At a minute, she's pretty close to it. Yeah, Let's she's listen brilliant. to her. That's my end boss. Really hard. Uh, I think uh, I was really nervous today. Um, of course, uh, yesterday's, because of yesterday's echelons, and there was also some wind, so I think every every team was uh, yeah, prepared uh, if we would, something would happen. And then, of course, of course with, the, with the climbs coming up, um, yeah, all the teams wanted to be in front and all the GC riders wanted to, to be there if a move would go. And that, uh, yeah, the, the first uh, attack uh, with, the, with the leaders, they got quite a big gap, so then uh, uh, our team... Uh, we took uh, took the control, and uh, the girls did a really good job to uh, to bring that down and uh, to control that, uh, that that group. That was uh, Marianne Voss, and as uh, uh, David says as well, Voss is close to the top, absolutely close to the top of the best cyclist ever that has been riding on this earth. Yeah, uh, yeah, she, plenty, plenty call of a go. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I tend to agree. Uh, let's have a look back at the the, the GC again, the, the classification. Yeah. Of this. yeah. What, what can you tell us on this uh, look, there's, some, there's a couple of really key things I think to bring out. Second place overall, I want to talk about her for a moment. Chloe Digert, the young American. Yep. Remember she was the junior, she was under 19 world champ. And then she had a nasty, nasty crash yeah. at the world champ. She hit the guardrail. She sliced her leg open. Yeah. It has been a long, that. long road back for her. She was touted as the next big thing, and and she st- she had po- she had she had operations actually very recently still off the back of that okay. crash in twenty twenty. It was at the Worlds in Imola. Yeah. Only now is she starting to find her feet and find her legs. She's twenty six years of age now. It's incredible uh, how time flies. I'm so happy to see her racing yeah. at her very best. She said she's feeling good. So. That's a one really key thing. Um, by the way, by contract, you naming the Imola 2020 won by uh, Julien Alaphilippe on the men's. <laughs> I, I have to mention Julien Alaphilippe on every... I did a, that so you can bring him out. <laughs> that's yeah. a little thing we got yeah, together. Yeah. I need to bring Julien Alaphilippe. Well, that was one of the COVID ones, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. it was one of the best ones. It was one of the, <laughs> it was pretty 
good way. Um, AVV, Annemiek Van Vluten, she sits at 46. Well, in, the, in the back end of that race? We can expect it tonight. Yep. It's a summit finish tonight. It's not a massive summit finish, but they do go up to 1,400 metres, so it's enough. Demi Vollering is two seconds behind her. Vollering, okay. as we know, has had an amazing season. But the other thing I want to touch on uh, about, and we were talking about it, uh, the Grand Tours with the men, yep. with the Giro. What I'm loving about, say, women's cycling and, say, the Vuelta Femenina, it's eight days. The women's Tour de France is eight days. All the best riders oh, will yeah. race all of these big yeah, tours. In absolutely. the women. In the men, they won't. They won't yeah. race all three. You won't see Pogacar at all three because they're too long. They're three weeks. They're too long for them to do all yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. For the women, we get the best of the best. All of them. It, all of them are here. All of them it, will be at the tour. It's never been as good as we have it now. Yeah. And, and of course, RCS has taken on the women's Giro as yeah. well. That Expect that to go up another notch. Expect all of the best to be at the Giro. So we're spoiled. Yeah. So it brings back that argument, that old argument, should the Grand Tours, the men's, go back to two weeks? No. Three weekends? No. No? <laughs> no. Why not? Because three weeks is, is the legend. You don't change the legend. I mean, but, look, look, but don't you want, wouldn't you love to see Pogacar at all three? No. And I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, yeah, I, look, I, I throw 50. I'm just throwing the debate out there. No. I don't know if I want it either, but it's a, For it's me, a good debate, isn't it? Do what you want with the Vuelta and the Giro. You do not put three weeks in the Tour de France. It's three weeks in the Tour de France. Listen, uh, the, on the bottom line of your, of your budget, mate, there's about 400 million that's just been wiped because exactly. DMAC put out a petition and everyone voted for it. So sorry, we've, we've scrapped a week. Um, yeah. You know what? I wouldn't be happy either because that, that's, that's seven days of no creme brulee. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and we'll have some cranberry at the Tour de France this year. Uh, I'm thinking of bringing something called Snack of the Day. We'll talk about it. Okay. But, uh, but, I, I do, but I do love it that we've got the best women yeah. you know, oh, at these. 100%. It's a real treat. So. Uh, to conclude this show as well, uh, I want to talk to about, uh, Greg Van Avermaet. Yes. He's retiring at the, uh, the end of the season. End of an era. He's, yeah, absolutely. He's made this very touchy video. If you haven't seen it on his social media, go and have a look because it's really nice. He's hanging all his jerseys professional jerseys on the line up to the last one. Plus a couple of yellows. Or yeah. Yellow, yeah. a uh, national champ, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's, yeah, he's putting the gold helmet as well mm. to dry on it from, the, from the, his Olympic title. Yep. Very touchy video. Let's uh, listen to him on his uh, retirement announcement. I think if you look at the Palmers, of course, you always look to the biggest ones and for sure that the, those two stands out. But uh, in general, I think uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with my car career and also the way it went. You know, I did, I never, I never uh, received uh, it easy. I think that's a bit the conclusion from my career that I did it step by step. It took it took a, a long time to big to win a big win, uh, and uh, afterwards it went easier. But I'm also just proud of the the whole road that I did until now and. Uh, Every day I gave the best for my, of myself in, in every kind of race, even if it was a small Carmes in Belgium, I did it 100%. And uh, yeah, that's the thing where I'm most proud. So that was uh, Greg Van der uh, Does he look like he's just been doing Roubaix or no, he looks forgot like to shower got, a little well, bit? He, just, <laughs> he looks like he's just got out of the washing machine himself. He looks like he needs to retire. Yeah, like yeah, he looks yeah. tired. He, he looks does. Tired. He almost like he had... Like a, a, a grit mark there, yeah. like he's just finished Paris. Let's Paris. not let's not judge the physique. Let's not judge the physique. But uh, uh, we're losing one of the greatest Belgium rider, and in there, I'm putting I'm putting him in terms of the classics. What he's done as well. Yeah. But let's remember, he's won Paris Roubaix, 
Olympic champion. He yeah. wore the yellow jersey. Stages. In the stages, he was always... Like, there. And it's interesting what he says if you uh, have the full interview. He says that he, he can carry on being a cyclist. He loves cycling. Absolutely loves cycling. But he loves winning. Yeah. And at the minute, he can still cycle, but he knows he can't win. So he'd rather yeah. stop. Yeah. This, is, this is where he's stopping. Yeah. And, and, and look, the other thing, and I know we say this had athletes or people, you know, when they retire from their job or whatever, but he is a real gentleman. Yeah. The top number of times I got to interview him over the years, very, um, very, very thoughtful, very um, humble, yeah, very humble, mm-hmm. would give you his time, very calm, relaxed, a real gentleman. So enjoy your, your last season, uh, yeah. GV. And uh, he's riding with Greg. the AG2R, uh, La Mondiale. So hopefully, don't know if he's going to do the Tour de France. I don't know what he's going to do as races to finish, mm. but he will surely be welcome on the roads because now the public knows he's retiring. It's the time to celebrate GVA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he is, and he's, and he's a rider that he, he, he's had no controversy about his career no. from anything that I can remember anyway. So he, he is that, that guy that will, will end his career and be yeah. a, Pretty, pretty much loved. Yeah. 100%. Right, this is almost the end of this podcast. Do you have anything else you want to no, talk about? No, but I will tell you once again, we'll promo. I think we are live on air, 9.40 tomorrow night, yeah. early. That's a great time. So jump on, peeps. Yeah. On a Saturday night. Where Saturday night, individual <laughs> TT. If you live in Melbourne, it'll be sleeting at about that time. I don't know about the rest <laughs> of the country, but it's going to be freezing here. So if you've got nothing else to do, turn on the TV. I, think there's, I think there's a certain king that is getting a little uh, new headwear tomorrow. Ooh. Oh, but Charles the Third is getting the coronation tomorrow. Oh, but you okay. want to watch the Kings of Cycling, yeah? Switch, switch <laughs> to on demand, Viceland, Kino, Mark Renshaw joining us too. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be great to have Mark Renshaw in the comps. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Great. This was the uh, SBS Cycling Podcast. We will be live every Friday of the Giro and, of course, the last Sunday as well, which means after this podcast, you go. Four more coming your way on this Giro 2023. Thank you for joining us. And we'll have a pleasure to uh, listen to you tomorrow, listen to you all week, and we'll catch up with you next Friday. This is bye for now.